So we have a special guest here with us this morning, and just like Rebecca, she has a birthday today. She turned 97 years old today. Her name's Paula Nelson, and she's sitting right down front, and so she's right down front. You won't be able to see her. She's here, and she attended this church decades ago, and today was her birthday. And she wanted to come and celebrate her birthday with us. So, Pauline, good to have you this morning. Good to have you. I think if you're 97 and you choose to be in church for your birthday, you get a shout-out. Does that make sense? So, as a church family, we are going to be moving towards a new sermon series that begins this morning. And that sermon series is entitled, Covered. It looks like something's up with the projection here, but we're going to keep going. Um, the idea is, is that several weeks ago, in one of the many torrential rains that we had in Charlottesville, how many of you have noticed that it's been a wet summer? Have you noticed that? I actually wasn't in Seaville. I was at Virginia Beach. I was visiting a pastor. I was getting ready to go meet with him, and I was walking in a torrential downpour, and again, I had an umbrella up. And as I was walking, I was kind of praying and talking to God, and in the midst of that, suddenly something struck me. I would say that God placed this in my heart, and it was this idea. Here's the idea that God covers us. He covers us. But the way God covers us is very unique. It's not like we're indoors and we don't experience what's going on around us in that sense. But in the middle of this rainstorm, I had my umbrella up and it was raining like crazy. I was staying dry for the most part. But I, through kind of the different senses, I could feel the moisture, I could smell the rain, I could smell the beach, I could kind of experience life. It's not like I was sort of quarantined. I was still walking through it, but there was something about being covered. There was something about something over me that kept me for the most part dry, but I was still experiencing life to the fullest, and I felt like God spoke to me in that moment and said, that's what I do for you through Jesus. That's what I do when we are followers of Jesus, when we follow Jesus and we serve others. It's not like suddenly we're removed from the world in which we live. That's not how it works. But as we walk through life, God covers us. The Bible says he overshadows us. But in the midst of that, we still experience what's going on around us. And so again, this new sermon series is entitled Covered. It's going to be a relational series. It's going to be about the relationships of our lives. And this idea of God being our covering, as well as what we hold up in the umbrella of our lives. Now here's the other thing that I wanted to make mention of. Next Sunday morning, I want to encourage you to wear a t-shirt that gives a shout out to a place that you've been, an event maybe that you support, a team that you support, whatever the case may be. 
This morning, I was going to wear a Tom Socks t-shirt. I love the Tom Socks, the local sort of college team that plays over here at CHS during the summer. I love going to their games, and I had a shirt. One of the leaders of the team gave me a shirt. God bless him. Got it for free. (laughs) He gave me three of them for free, just so you know. But yesterday, when I was at the book bag giveaway for 1,200 small children who if they went to school next week, didn't, they would not have had a backpack if it had not been for the backpack giveaway. And when I was there on stage looking at 1,200 kids getting backpacks filled with school supplies, they were so excited and their parents were so appreciative and so grateful. I thought, you know what? I'm going to give the book bag drive a shout out this morning instead of the Tom Socks. And here's why. Tomorrow or next Sunday, we are going to celebrate the teachers and the administrators and those that work in the school system that call City Church their home. But what I can tell you is the efforts that we were serving with throughout the week and the build-up to to August 12th have made a huge difference. But I will tell you, it gripped my heart to be part of that book bag giveaway yesterday in the morning under the pavilion on the downtown mall. So again, next Sunday morning, wear a t-shirt. Team you support, a place that you've been, something that you're involved with, wear it next Sunday morning. Now, back to the idea of being covered. As I was praying about and looking about how to start this sermon series, it struck me that there's no better way to talk about being covered in in our relationships of, of our lives than beginning with our relationship with God. And so in looking at all of Scripture... I looked from the beginning of the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation and I thought, what could I talk about where we speak about and come to understand and be challenged to let God cover our lives? And since you don't want to be here forever, I didn't start in the book of Genesis. Instead, I started in the second book of the Older Testament, (laughs) the book of Exodus. So put your clocks away, get comfortable, here we go. But no. What I discovered was, was that if you look at the word covered in the Older Testament and the Newer, you almost immediately come across a passage of Scripture. And the passage of Scripture is found in Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 through 22. And in looking at this passage, what you will see, what you begin to recognize is this is that by by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day and night. What you would find in the Older Testament is there's this incredible story. It's the most important story in the entire Older Testament. It's when the children of Israel are exiting Egypt, moving towards the promised land, and in moving towards the promised land, God shows up miraculously on the day they begin to exit Egypt, and God shows up, and He shows up as a cloud, and that cloud covers Israel, and these 600,000 men and beyond that are women and children as they move out of bondage and they're moving towards the promised land. Scripture tells us that God appears in a cloud and he covers them. 
And then at night, that cloud moves toward or morphs into being a pillar of fire. Now, when we think about that covering, God had an intended purpose for that, and that's where I want to begin with us. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to read on the large screens the scriptures that speak to the idea of God covering Israel. It's in the book of Numbers, chapter 9, verses 15 through 23. We're going to read it because I want you to get the depth of the message of God covering Israel with the cloud. Here's what Numbers 9, 15 to 23 tells us. On the day the tabernacle... The tent of the covenant law was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be, and the cloud covered it. And at night, it looked like fire. And whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out, and wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at His command, they encamped. And as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. And when the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at His command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. And whether the tabernacle was there day by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. And when the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, or a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with His command through Moses. Do you get the sense what the purpose for the cloud was? Did you catch it? That's why I had us read it. It's obvious. The cloud called Israel to obedience to God. And when the cloud moved from over the tabernacle, they would begin to move. And so what they did was they spent 40 years in the wilderness, from exiting slavery in Egypt until they finally cross over into the promised land. God has this cloud, which we learned from Exodus, from other older passages of Scripture in the Older Testament, that here this cloud would provide shade by day, and it would provide fire in light by night. Now, can you imagine what it would have been like to be in relationship with God at that time? Can you imagine? You're there with your wife. You're kicking it on the back deck behind your, your tent. You're hanging out together, and all of a sudden, your wife goes, the cloud's moving. Kids, get all the bikes. Put them in. Let's come on. Get it all together. They wrap everything up, and you just begin to move. And wherever the cloud goes, you go. That's how it works. And for 40 years, that's how it works. Can you imagine a relationship with God like that? So I have a question. How many of you sitting here at times are praying for God's guidance in your life? You're going, where should I go? Let me tell you, for 40 years, you never had a doubt. It just happened. 
Now, here's what's amazing, is that the Scripture tells us that not only did the cloud protect them from the heat of the day and provide light and direction by night, but the Scripture tells us that on the very day that the children of Israel exit Egypt, Pharaoh's armies are bearing down on them. And as the armies are bearing down on them, Exodus 14, 19 to 20 tells us that the cloud moves from being in front of the children of Israel to where it switches and it comes behind the children of Israel and stands as a fiery guard between the Egyptians and the children of Israel as God blows open the sea and the children of Israel walk through on dry ground. You see, not only does that cloud that covered them protect them, but that cloud also functioned as, an, as the way of keeping their enemies at bay. Now, I'm not an Egyptian, and I'm not the, sp- the smartest guy in the world, but if I was sitting there and I was pursuing an army, and I was getting close to them, And all of a sudden, when I was just about ready to get to them, a cloud came from the front of them and came between me and them. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'd look at my buddy and say, I'm going home. I'm not following these people anymore. I don't know what God it is that they serve, but I'm out. They don't even do that. I mean, it just blows my mind. And there's this pillar of fire that holds them at bay, and all of a sudden the fire lifts, and they look up, and there's walls of water on either side, and the Israelites are exiting up on the other side. And those knuckles had said, let's go get them. I mean, at what point as an Egyptian do you go, nah, I quit? (laughs) But you see, this idea of being covered is a clear sign that the God of the Israelites is more powerful than any other God. That this God is a God who directs and guides his people. And that's why the Egyptians pursued this God, because they believed that their God was more powerful. They found out that they were wrong. As you move on, you would discover that as this cloud moves out into the wilderness and guides and protects and directs the children of Israel, that the people of Israel got hungry. How many of you are hungry right now? (laughs) You're sitting here going, yep, I'm hungry too. They get hungry and they go to God and they say, God, we need something to eat. And God says to them, well, here's what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to have bread rain down. This is what the Lord said to Moses. I will have, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are going to go out each day and gather enough for that day. So what's amazing is, is that here they have this cloud and some of the rabbis teach that from that cloud, all of a sudden, God begins to rain down manna. And the scripture says it tasted a little bit sweet like honey. But can you imagine the very first day when you're so hungry and you haven't eaten and everything you brought with you has been consumed and you're so hungry and your leader gets up and Moses gets up and he says, hey guys, I have great news. You're going to get bread from heaven. 
And they get up in the morning, and as the dew moves off the grass, suddenly from heaven comes bread from heaven, and it begins to cover all of the ground. And Moses had told them, look, go out and get just enough for that day. Don't get too much, just enough that you're going to eat for that day. And people go out and they begin to gather it in and they're so excited and it's a little bit sweet like honey and they're so thankful and they're so grateful because from this cloud, God, that covering God has now provided and He's feeding His people. How exciting that is. You go out that first morning and you're thrilled. Some people, the Bible tells us, stored too much. They kept too much, and it rotted, and it began to be filled with worms, and there was a stench through the camp, because God said, you only can gather enough for one day. Each morning, you have to go out and gather for that day. And you imagine, say on the 10th day, you're going out, and you're gathering in manna, and you're looking at it, and you're so thankful, because God is providing, and this covering, this cloud is now feeding you. And then you hit the 20th day, and you've made manna granola, (laughs) manna pancakes, manna biscuits, (laughs) manna slurpees, manna smoothies. You've made everything you can think of out of manna. And the people begin to grumble, and they say, we want some protein. And God says, okay, I got you. In the evening, we're going to have quail fly in every single evening, and they're going to settle amongst the camp, and all you've got to do is reach out and grab a few and have a burger. Now, when you look at this, you think about God's covering. We think about how God, through the cloud, is guiding and directing Israel, and now He's feeding them, and He's providing for them, and He is literally They're covering. And now as we look at this, I'd like us at the outset of this sermon to put a little bit of what I always say is feet to our faith. And here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think carefully because I'm going to call it the serial effect. The serial effect. Oftentimes in life, When something first hits our life, we're very thankful for it, and we know that it's God. We know it's God. But over a period of time, we begin to take it for granted, and so did the children of Israel with the covering. Man, at first, it meant a lot to them. But over time, the effect of it began to wax and wane, wax and wane, to the point where many began to ignore it. But I call this the serial effect. And it's this, about a year ago, I began to be very thankful for everything that I ate. Do you want to know why? I was on a diet. (laughs) And the diet was to get healthy, because this is the year of health at City Church and in my own life, and I was, I'm going to get healthy. So I began to eat very healthy, and I was ordering from online this organic cereal, Well, let me tell you, the first couple of bowls full of that cereal that I had with almond milk, I didn't know you could milk an almond, but you can, (laughs) and I'm eating almond milk with this cereal that's all granola, tastes a little bit like sand mixed with tree bark, and I'm eating this stuff, right? And man, I'm getting healthy. It's the cereal effect, right? And I'm excited, and I'm eating it, but about a month in, I look at that cereal, and it begins to look like Fruit Loops. 
I want to eat Fruit Loops. I don't want to eat that anymore. And I begin to lose. But here's what happened, though. I became keenly aware of how thankful I was for food. You want to be honest? I never worry about food. And it was during this diet that I began to think about food. And it struck me about how the Bible says that every good gift we have comes from God above. And I found that my prayers of gratitude to God as I prayed over my meals were beginning to heighten. It wasn't just because I've been eating green stuff all day long. It was because I was keenly aware of the fact that God provides for us. He gives us the food that we eat. He gives us the breath that we breathe. And that began to really grip my soul. But you see, I call it the cereal effect because we can get up in the morning and you can eat your cereal and never be grateful, never be thankful, never even consider the fact that God's covering your life. You just kind of go about the day oblivious to that. And so my thought is with the cereal effect is this, is maybe the City Church family could do something special as we move throughout this series. And it's this. Each day, a sense of God's guidance, presence, protection, and provision. That each day we would start our day off with that. Not only would we start our day off like that, but we would actually be looking for it. What if each day we started out our day, and we did this? We wanted the sense of God's guidance in our life, because remember the covering of the cloud over Israel. Each day, all they had to do was look up, and there was God. His presence was there. His protection was there in His provision. And so I think that as we think about God covering our lives, this becomes so, so important. Now, another thing that I'd like us to be mindful of is that there's this devotional that I've come to really respect and appreciate it, and it's called First 15. It's found at first15.org. And it's a way that you can get up each day, and there'll be an email in your inbox. And it'll have a scripture for the day so that you can step into your day with the sense of God's presence. Because here's what I'm concerned about. I think many of us who follow Jesus, we don't even think about him. We don't think about God covering our lives until after dinner or until we hit a crisis at work. Here's what's gripped my soul. It's that the children of Israel each day would look up in the morning. Was the pillar moving? Was the cloud there? And they'd look at that and they'd be thoughtful of God. And then all of a sudden the cloud would begin to rain down manna from heaven. And they would go out and they could only gather enough for that day. Just for that day. You can't gather it for the next day until you hit the sixth day. And God miraculously preserved the manna on the sixth day because the seventh day was the Sabbath and they were not allowed to gather but the point that I'm making is, what if all of us in City Church allowed the serial effect to touch us where we become grateful each morning for all that God has blessed us with? Each time we eat a meal, we're grateful that God has provided that for us. And that just like the children of Israel, we gather in that manna, and in doing so, we're mindful of this, that there's enough for today. 
that again tomorrow I'm going to have to go out and be mindful of God again. Can't you see what God is trying to build into the mind and the hearts of the Israelites? But here's what Scripture tells us. Psalm 78 is a recounting, literally hundreds of years after the Exodus event. Hundreds of, hundreds of years after the Exodus event, Psalm 78 shares with us the problem. It says, they forgot what he had done, meaning God, what God had done for them, the wonders that God had shown them. He did miracles in the sight of their ancestors in the land of Egypt. What is the psalmist trying to say? The psalmist is teaching that one of the fundamental flaws of people being under God's covering is that we forget the incredible things that God has done. We have very short memories. And we have this way of kind of going through life and forgetting about what God has done for us. And so the psalmist calls out to Israel and says, Israel, wait a minute. I want you to remember again what God did for our ancestors in Egypt. Remember that that's your God. Remember that God covered them. And he also desires to cover you. And then the psalmist in the same psalm in Psalm 78 as he's recounting the whole issue of Israel in the wilderness, he brings up another thing that God did. Not only did he provide quail, not only did he provide manna each morning, but it says God split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers. So not only did God give them protein, not only did God give them manna, God also began to provide water out of a source that made no sense. It was out of the rock that God began to hydrate his people and give them something to drink. And what's amazing is, is that that became a key miracle for Israel. That this rock would appear and water would flow out of it like a river as God covered his people and provided for them. The Apostle Paul picks up on this same thought in the Newer Testament, and here's what Paul says. As he, as a Jewish Pharisee, now a follower of Jesus, looks back over to the Exodus, and he says this about the children of Israel. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. What's stunning is, is that as we are called to remember that God covers us, that the Newer Testament reaches back to the stories that I'm talking about in order to challenge you and to challenge me that the story of God does not just begin with Jesus, but the story of God began literally thousands of years before Christ ever entered the scene. But Christ finds himself represented in the stories of the covering of God in the wilderness. Not only does Paul point to it, but Jesus does as well. Here's what Jesus says. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. 
And if you were reading this text, you would discover very quickly that Jesus is literally recounting what happened in the Exodus. That God sent down bread from heaven. That the rocks began to flow with water like a river. And Jesus stands in the center of that and he says, I am the bread of life. I am the water that if you will come to me, not just will the God cover you, but God will literally dwell with you and by his spirit inside of you. So how do we put feet to our faith when it comes to this? What does it look like? Well, first of all, the Older Testament and everything that we've talked about points to Jesus. It's incredible. The whole exodus points to Jesus. The picture of Moses leading the children of Israel is a symbol of who Jesus would be. As a matter of fact, the gospel of Matthew is all about announcing to you that Jesus is your new Moses. But what's even more incredible is that Jesus Christ himself stands next to the Exodus and he says, I am the bread of life. I am living water. And if you will come to me, you will live life and life to the full. So as we put feet to our faith, the very first thing I want to encourage you to do in this covered series is that you would turn to Jesus by faith. I have no idea where you're at with your faith in Jesus. I truthfully don't. But I want to challenge you, even call to you, even encourage you. If you have not yet given your life to Jesus, at the end of this sermon, at the end of our service today, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. Because I cannot imagine living through life without the covering of a personal God. I've experienced it. Hundreds and hundreds of people that call city their home have experienced the covering of God through Christ. And here's what's so incredible. The God that was found in a cloud or in a pillar of a fire now took on flesh, and he dwelt among us. And that God dwelt in human form through Christ so that we could relate literally personally with the God who has created all things. It's in him, it's in Christ that we find our guidance, our protection, our provision, and our covering. For those of us that have already followed Jesus, I'd like for you at this time, in order to put feet to your faith, I would like for you to think of that one event in your life that you know God did. That one event. That one event that when you look in the rearview mirror of your life, you know that God did something. Maybe he directed you a certain way. Maybe he brought you into a relationship. Maybe he provided for you miraculously. But think of that one event. Think of one. And as you think about it, I want you to commit to doing what Israel failed to do. And that is to constantly remember what God had done. Even in the midst of being covered by that cloud and being covered at night by the pillar of fire, they forgot about what God had done. And in the end, many of them became uncovered. They walked away from the covering of God. But Scripture calls to us to be a people that remember. It's not that we live in the past. 
but it's that we serve the God who is consistent and never changes and stays the same. I want you to think of the one event in your life where you know that you know that God provided, guided, directed, brought you into relationship, guided your steps into a new place of employment. You know that you know. And as we put feet to our faith, I want us to understand that we serve a God who covers us. Would you stand with me? As we stand together, I'd like for us to take a moment and close our eyes. As we close our eyes, let's open our hearts. The worship team's going to lead us and as they do I'd like for us to put feet to our faith and that we would remember the God who covers us remember how he sent his son into this world please remember that event that the spirit of God brings to mind as to what God has done for you and you know that you know that it was God remember together.
but keep your hearts open. My heart is so burdened as the pastor of city. I could even say excited to think that we as a group of people would commit our lives to God's covering through Christ. What a difference. What a difference we will make this week as we start each day like the Israelites did, gathering together that food, but this time food for the Spirit. Taking those 15 minutes each morning to be aware of God and His covering in our lives through Christ. As I mentioned in the message, I want to have an opportunity for people to accept Christ. I feel so compelled this morning not to conclude this message in our service together without providing an opportunity for people to say yes to Jesus. If you're here and you have not done that, but you would like to, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer that's only simple in verbiage, but it is eternally profound in its effect and impact in our lives. Because when a man or a woman opens up their heart to Jesus by faith, the Holy Spirit moves in and life transformation begins. If you have not accepted Christ, I want to encourage you, even challenge you, to pray this prayer with me. I'll say it out loud. You can repeat it quietly from the depths of your heart by faith to Jesus. But the prayer would go something like this. Jesus, I don't know everything that there is to know about who you are. But what I do know is I would love to have a God that covers me. A God that provides and protects and guides and directs. So Jesus, you declare that you are the bread of life. You are the bread of heaven. And you are the living water. So Jesus, if that's who you are, I now ask that you would step towards me by, as I step towards you by faith. And that Jesus, you would forgive me of the sins. You would forgive me of those things that has separated me from the God who covers all because of what you did on the cross for me. That you would forgive me. That you would cleanse me. And that Jesus, from this day on, this day forward, that instead of a cloud over my head, that there would be the Spirit of God in my heart. And that spirit would give me life and peace and hope and direction. And Jesus, now I ask for all of us in this room that each day as we go through the serial effect, we would be grateful. We would take time to feed our spirits, not just our bodies. That we would be aware of the God who covers us. Jesus, thank you for each one who has prayed that prayer, Lord. I pray that you would bless them and cover them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to do two things. And the news feed that you were handed, you could tear that off and just check the box that says you've accepted Christ. Or maybe you rededicated your life to Jesus this morning. But I also want you to tell someone before you leave the commitment that you made. 
Maybe it's someone you came with, someone that invited you. Maybe you're here by yourself, but before you exit, turn to someone and tell them the decision that you've made to follow Jesus. I'd also encourage you to stop by the welcome station as you exit. There's people there that will be available to talk to you a little bit more. But this will now complete our, conclude our service. And as we do so, I want to pray the pastoral blessing. But if you would like more prayer, our life group leaders, as well as our prayer team will be available on the sides to pray with you and to pray for you. And now, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he turn his face towards you. May his covering cover you through Jesus. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. Like to remain in worship, feel free to do so.
thank you that you are all that we need you are worthy God of all that we give you and more Lord help us to give you our all help us to jump in wholly to serving you to loving you Lord we thank you for this time that we had to be in your presence we thank you for your goodness and your love Pray that you'd be with us as we go from this place. In Jesus' name.